Hello, my name is David Wilcoxon. I work in full-time ministry, and this short video gives an overview of the Olivet Discourse Prophecy. We've been taught that Matthew 24 is about the end times, but is that what Messiah is describing? If there's been a grand deception during the last few centuries to mislead the end-time saints about prophecy fulfillment, do you want to know about it? And many would answer yes, but their actions reveal their sincerity. You can click away thinking you know the truth, but this video has been placed in your path for a reason. I pray that you will look at the declarations with fresh eyes to see the proper context. I realize that Matthew 24, 29-31, when taken literally, seems like they're about the end times. But Messiah uses figurative language defined in the Old Testament to point to him causing judgment to come upon the unbelieving Jewish nation who rejected him and delivered him up to be killed. It points to him removing the Jewish leadership system from power. And he's pointing to gathering his elect, the believing Jews who escaped Jerusalem when they saw the abomination of desolation set up in November 66 AD, before the time of Great Tribulation during the Jewish-Roman War of 66 to 70 AD. I'll summarize the main points in this short video to help you see the fulfillment. I explain it in detail in the Olivet Discourse Decoded video series. I pray that you'll seek truth not to defend a belief. The context of the Olivet Discourse is that our Savior had just rebuked the Jewish leaders who sought to kill him. And you can read Matthew 23 to see the whole narrative. He said that the righteous blood they shed, pointing to them killing him and his disciples, would come upon them in that generation, saying, Verily I say unto you, all these things, judgment, shall come upon you in this generation. Then Messiah proclaimed that the temple would be destroyed, which prompted the disciples' questions. Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? These things are the judgment of the Jewish leaders in that generation and the temple's destruction. Any other explanation is out of its proper context. The disciples wanted to know the sign that it was about to take place so they could be out of harm's way. Within one generation, in 70 AD, Jerusalem, the temple, and the Jewish nation were destroyed. That clear association should cause people to look at how the things that Messiah describes in his Olivet Discourse were fulfilled in that generation. In the Gospel of Matthew, the word generation is used 12 times before Matthew 24:34, and each reference points to his ministry and the Jews who opposed him. Here are a few examples. In Matthew 3, 7, John the Baptist said, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned ye to flee from the wrath to come? In Matthew 12, 34, Messiah said, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This tells us that Matthew 24, 34 is still referring to the generation of Jews who lived during our Savior's ministry, who delivered him up to be crucified. I'll briefly touch on the things foretold in Matthew 24, which I explain in detail in the video series. Jewish historian Josephus documented that false Christ rose up, that there were wars around Judea, and that there was famines and pestilence and earthquakes. History shows that the disciples were delivered up to councils and persecuted. Paul proclaims that the gospel was preached all over the world, and it's talking about the known world of the Roman Empire, so let's prove it out with scripture. Romans 1.8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, and your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Romans 10, 
15 and 18. And how shall they preach, except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Romans 16, 25-26 says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Colossians 1.23 says, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So we see, using the same terms, that the gospel was proclaimed around the world, around the Roman Empire, in that generation. People speculate about the meaning of the abomination of desolation, but Dr. Luke gives us the definition. The Gospel of Matthew was primarily written for Jews, who understood the reference to the little horn of Daniel 8, Grecian leader Antiochus, whose army surrounded Jerusalem to take it captive. Hanukkah, the Feast of Lights, celebrates the Maccabean Revolt, when the Jews took control of the temple and cleansed it. Every Jew understands the story of Antiochus and his army being a type of abomination of desolation. But the Gospel of Luke was written primarily for Gentiles who would not understand the reference, so Luke 21.20 gives the clear definition. And when ye see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. The abomination of desolation, the surrounding of Jerusalem, occurred in November 66 AD in that generation when Cestius and his army surrounded Jerusalem to take it captive after a Jewish rebellion. Per Josephus, Cestius could have taken the city and temple captive, but they left for no explanation. The reason is that it was determined that the city and temple should be destroyed. The disciples saw the abomination of desolation, so they took the opportunity to flee to the mountains of Pella, northeast of Jerusalem, for safety. Messiah said to flee Judea, which only existed until 132 AD, when the Romans renamed the area Syria-Palestina. Messiah said not to come down from the housetop, a typical design of a Judean house. They had rooftop terraces that were connected to a walkway that went to the outer city wall. He is telling them not to come down from the terrace or try to walk through the streets, but to use the terrace walkway as it was a safer way to escape. He said to pray that it doesn't happen on the Sabbath, when the Jewish priest would have shut the city gates, keeping them in. All of those things isolate the prophecy to that generation in Judea. So after Cestius and his army left, the Jews thought that the Heavenly Father had defended them. So they chased after Cestius and his army, and they killed thousands of soldiers, and they stole some of the military equipment. This infuriated Nero who sent three strong divisions of the Roman army against Jerusalem to take it captive. So they surrounded the city and kept people in. In Matthew 24, 21, Messiah points to a time of great tribulation for the unbelieving Jewish nation. Josephus documents the horror of the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD when 1.1 million Jews died in and around the small city of Jerusalem. 
During the time of trouble, hundreds of thousands of Jews died during the civil war in Jerusalem between three rival factions, as everyone was kept in by the Roman armies who were outside the city. They slit each other's throats and tortured each other. They slew the high priest and his temple guards, so their temple was soaked in blood. Hundreds of thousands of bodies were stacked in Jerusalem or thrown over the city wall into the valley around it. Jews who tried to escape were tortured and crucified outside the city. So many that the trees around Jerusalem were filled with multiple bodies. Sometimes they were crucifying up to 500 people a day. Thousands of Jews swallowed gold coins to protect their wealth, and they tried to escape, but were caught and disemboweled to capture the gold. Then in 70 AD, hundreds of thousands of Jews were killed by the Roman sword when they flooded into the city. The bodies were not buried, so they filled the city and the valleys around it. Crosses and trees around Jerusalem were filled with thousands of dead bodies from when the Jews tried to find food or escape and were crucified by the Romans. And the bodies were not taken down so that animals and wild birds would feed on them. The time of great tribulation in the Olivet Discourse isn't talking about the number of people who died, but about the sheer horror of the scene. Matthew 24:29 says, The sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. The sun, moon, and stars being darkened is figurative language used in the Old Testament to point to leadership systems being removed from power. Isaiah 13.9.10 gives us an example of this as applying to the fall of Babylonian leadership as they were removed from power by the Medo-Persians. It says, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Isaiah 34.3-5 foretold the destruction of the Edomites and other nations that were enemies. And all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth off from the vine, and as the falling fig from the fig tree. Ezekiel 32, 7-8 points to the Babylonians desolating Egypt, removing the Pharaoh, the sun, and his leaders, the moon, from power. And when I shall put thee out, I shall cover the heaven, and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee, and set darkness upon the land, saith the Lord God. Applying the symbols to Matthew 24-29, we can see that the Jewish leaders having their power structure removed is clearly indicated, which took place in that generation in 70 AD. The Jewish high priest, the sun, the Sanhedrin, the moon, and the priest system, the stars, were either killed or captured and sold as slaves. They were removed from power. Messiah told his disciples and the Jewish high priest that they would see him come in power and glory. This is figurative language that points to his judgment of the Jewish nation. Did the Jewish leaders mourn during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD when they realized that Messiah was causing judgment to be poured out on them? Yes. They understood that he was at the Father's right hand, causing their demise by the Gentile Roman army. The disciples asked for signs to escape Jerusalem before the Jewish leaders' judgment and the temple's destruction. His followers fled when they saw the sign of the abomination of desolation in November 66 AD, and they lived in the mountains of Pella during the three and a half years of the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD. Regarding Matthew 24-31, the word angels in Greek is agalos, which can point to a messenger, by implication a pastor. It doesn't only point to heavenly angels, but to earthly leaders in the church. Mark 1-2 proves that the word angel can point to a human messenger. In this instance, it's speaking of John the Baptist. 
as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger, Agalos, before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The messengers in Luke 9.52 were probably James and John. It says, And I sent messengers, Agalos, before thy face, and they went and entered into a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. Recall that the believing Jews fled Judea in November 66 AD after seeing the abomination of desolation when Cessius and his army surrounded Jerusalem to take it captive. They lived in the mountains of Pella in the Decapolis, a Roman province that was a place of protection during the Jewish-Roman War as the armies didn't come there. When the war was over, the leaders, Agalos and Pella, sounded the trumpet to call an assembly to gather the elect as the people were spread out in the mountains. Jerusalem lay in ruins. Some Jews returned there to minister to people who came back. Some Jews stayed in the Decapolis area to continue their ministry there. And other believing Jews spread out through the Roman Empire to preach the gospel to gather the elect into the kingdom. The Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD effectively ended the unbelieving Jewish nation as their city, temple, and leadership system were destroyed. The same war propelled Messiah's kingdom of believing Jews into the Roman Empire to proclaim the gospel to Jews and Gentiles. This led to Messiah's ecclesia, his church, growing dynamically in the Roman Empire in a short time. His kingdom has grown into a great mountain of people, just as Daniel 2.35 and 2.44 foretold, as the kingdom of the Heavenly Father was set up. In summary, we can see that in Matthew 23.34, Messiah proclaimed that judgment was coming upon the Jewish leaders in that generation. We can see when the abomination of desolation took place in November 66 AD, when the army of Cestius surrounded Jerusalem, and that the saints escaped to the mountains for safety. We can see that the Jewish nation endured a time of trouble, great tribulation, during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD when 1.1 million Jews died in and around Jerusalem. We can see this represents Messiah coming on the clouds of judgment against the Jewish nation, which rejected him and delivered him up to be killed, saying, Let his blood be on us. We can see that the leaders, the angels of the believing Jews in Pella, blew the trumpet to gather an assembly of those who endured until the war's end. By that, we can see that all that he described from Matthew 23, 34 until Matthew 24, 35 was fulfilled in that generation just like he proclaimed. The proper context is the judgment of the unbelieving Jewish nation. This aligns with Daniel 9.25, which declares that Jerusalem and the temple will be destroyed because of the abominations of the Jewish leaders in delivering Messiah up to be crucified. Luke 21.22-24 says, For these be the days of vengeance, for all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be a great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Roman Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So that's pointing to the judgment of the Jewish nation during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD. They fell by the edge of the Roman sword in 70 AD, and some were taken away captive and sold as slaves. Trodden down of the Gentiles is pointing to the Roman army. Until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled is pointing to this time, this three and a half years, which is delineated in Daniel 12, which I explain in another video. Our warrior king used the Roman army to carry out his vengeance against the Jewish leadership system, which delivered him up to be crucified and chose the murderous zealot leader Barabbas to be freed. 
The rich irony is that it was the zealots who caused many deaths during the civil war in Jerusalem and provoked the Romans into destroying the city, the temple, and the Jewish nation. All of this is proven out in detail with a verse-by-verse explanation and the witness of Josephus in the Olivet Discourse Decoded book. You can request a free PDF copy at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. I pray this summary opens your eyes to a different explanation of this important prophecy. I'll provide a link to the first video in the series in the video's description. If this video helps you, please click on the thumbs up, make a comment, and share it with others. I pray that the Holy Spirit of Truth guides your path. Shalom.